catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Six decades into the 20th century, in the midst of the tumultuous swinging 60s, Nigeria proclaimed her independence from British rule. Six decades later, Nigeria still stands tall as Africa's most populous country. Nigerians have time and again proven to be successful in academics, business, innovation, music, movie, entertainment, fashion and culture. Often referred to as the giant of Africa, the pride and beacon of hope for Africa, Nigeria has a history of talent, greed and passion. Independence is important for a country because it is the very reason for the country's existence. Independence gives a country the right to decide its own fate and on days like this, an introspection or reflection is usually done to make sure that the essence of the celebration is remembered. How has Nigeria fared in deciding its own fate six decades after independence? It is usually a theme for Nigerians living in Nigeria to reflect every Independence Day on the journey so far. But it is important to also hear from those who see Nigeria from outside the borders of Nigeria. Do you know that since 1991, Nigeria's Independence Day has been marked by celebrations in the streets of New York in the United States of America? And the celebrations in the United States are the largest celebrations outside of Nigeria, attracting around 75,000 people every year. Well, since the COVID happened in 2020, restrictions on movement and gatherings have become tough. But today, we gather the voices of Nigerians in the diaspora, the voices of Nigerians doing Nigeria proud outside its borders. Today, we measure the mood, expectations and advice for their dear country. If there is one thing that unifies Nigeria more than the name Nigeria, it is sports and entertainment. 60 years after how much work needs to be put into this unifying factor in Nigeria. Names like Florence or Magbemi, Emmanuel Okala, Kende Paul, Olusoji Fashuba, Austin Okocha, Kano Wankwo, Howard Mike, Hogan Basi, Dick Tiger, AJK Lucy, Anthony Joshua, Peter Rufai, Azizat Ushola, Chioma Ajongwa, Mary Onyali, Rashidi Yekini, Shegun Odegbami, Stephen Keshi, Chika Chuku Merije, just to mention a few come to mind when you mention Nigeria in global sports history. We asked a leading sport analyst, Bolariwo Lajidi, to know how sport in Nigeria has fared 61 years later. Sports in Nigeria after 61 years. Well, we could have won more laurels, we could have done better in some of the competitions, and it leaves much to be desired. In the midst of all the problems, the setbacks, we can still count some of the little success we were able to garner during this period. And in fairness, I can't say Nigeria has really progressed when it comes to sports. We look like a country that can win so much do a lot when it comes to sports but somehow the potential is not out of some of these athletes representing us in different uh, sporting events 
And I'll start with the Tokyo Olympic Games that just ended. Well, it could have been better. We couldn't even capitalize on some of the shortcomings of the other nations just because we were not prepared enough. We started with the drama going into the Olympic Games from the sports minister to the kit manufacturer to allowances and to mobile phones. It's it's just unbelievable some of the things we'll talk about when we are getting ready for a major tournament. And it, it has really affected us in so many ways. And that's why I'm never surprised when, when we go to a major sporting event and don't do well. I, I like to compare Nigeria to what other African countries are doing and some of the uh, Western countries. The preparation level is totally different and it leaves much to be desired. I keep saying it's a nation full of potentials. It's a nation full of some of the best athletes who are strong, intelligent, smart and you know, some of these athletes can actually go toe-to-toe with some of the best uh, athletes only if they could get the right preparation and the uh, right uh, setup to work with. We've seen so many Nigerians uh, represent other countries at the Olympic Games and even in other uh, sports and they do well. So why can't we get these guys to do well for our nation? So it's really set us back uh, so many times and I won't even say that we're moving around in circles. We are actually regressing massively. Atlanta 96 Olympic Games, still the best outing at the Olympics for Nigeria. We would have thought they would ride on that and you know keep getting better and better and better. But it's never the case. I mean, I was following the Team Canada at uh, the last Olympic Games. It got to a point they were like, okay, if we win the next gold medal, we would have equaled our last Olympic Games. That's what Nigeria should be doing. We should be looking back at the last Olympic Games and saying, Oh, okay, if we win another gold medal, we've equaled the last one, then we can do better at this one. But it's never the case for Nigeria. The last Olympic Games, we were only able to win a silver and a bronze medal. We couldn't get a gold medal, uh, which uh, can be better. And, you know, when we look at uh, the uh, mother of all sports, which is football, for the men's national team, it's, it's not been the best. They won the Nations Cup in 2013. They didn't qualify for the 2015 edition. They couldn't qualify for the 2017 edition. And when they returned in 2019, they settled for a bronze medal. So it's not always forward. It's always backwards. For the Super Falcons, the national uh, women's uh, team, they are no longer the strong female team in Africa that we used to know. An invitational tournament was played in Lagos some days back. On a normal day, if it was the football Super Falcons we grew up watching and supporting, other teams had no match for them. But somehow, they lost the Invitational Friendly Tournament. They lost the final game against South Africa. And it tells a lot. It tells a lot when it comes to how other teams are catching up and we have, we've been so comfortable staying on top and haven't you know, strengthened or get better at being on top. So other teams are catching up and we can't even say football is our number one sport in Africa. We're going to tournaments now. People believe they can beat Nigeria and we're never guaranteed of winning that competition. So we've really struggled when it comes to qualification for some of the biggest events in the world. We couldn't provide or produce a men's football team at the last Olympic Games. We couldn't provide a women's football team at the last Olympic Games because they couldn't qualify. 
They now struggle to qualify some of the major tournaments. So it, it's it's really difficult, and it, it makes me sad when I look at the potential and what we have to offer and what we can do. And I won't say there's a lot to celebrate when it comes to sports after 61 years. Like I said earlier, maybe some you know some good wins, like uh, the 2013 Nations Cup win. The last Nations Cup they won, that's the Super Eagles, was in 1994. Before then, it was in 1980. So I don't think that's progress. When you have a long gap before winning the next one, then you're not moving forward. I'm comparing Nigeria to what Egypt has achieved uh, since 1980 when we won the first Nations Cup. Egypt have won five Nations Cup within that time frame, if not six. I need to get my records, but Egypt have been so successful, and I think that's where Nigeria need to be, to be winning tournaments at least in 10 years. They should have been able to win two or three African Cup of Nations. The event is held uh, once in two years. So what's stopping Nigeria with all, with the population, with the abundance of talent? They just can't cut it. And I wonder when we are ever going to get this right. Well, we'll still celebrate hoping for a better future, but things need to be done the right way. How do we get it right? I keep mentioning this, and I don't want to sound like a broken record. Grassroots development. Catch them young. Catch our future gold medalists when they are being nurtured. Catch them when you can handle and nest the talent that they have. You look at countries like Germany, the USA, they don't produce gold medalists overnight. It's been a work in progress, and they give themselves a time frame. Okay, 10 years' time, this is where we want to be. In 15 years' time, this is what we want to achieve. And most times, they achieve it. But do we have a time frame in Nigeria? Do we have a plan to win a gold medal at the Olympics? Not to talk of winning two gold medals at the Olympics. It starts now. Another Olympic has just ended. What's the plan for the next three, four, five Olympic Games? I can tell you for free that there is no plan at the moment. The Ministry of Sports is not stable. They keep changing and shuffling and all over the place. Of course, selfish interests. Uh, we want people who really have the interests of our sports at heart to be the ones managing the affairs, but it's never the case in Nigeria. So unless these things are done or put in place, I don't see it getting better in the next few years. It will surely get worse. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but if we want things to be done right, we need to have a developmental plan, have a succession plan, and also follow it through. Even when administrators change, even when ministers change, somebody should be there to make sure that the initial plan is being followed through. And at the end of the day, we can have the cost to celebrate a gold medal or celebrate a Nations Cup win or celebrate a World Cup win. Who says no? Nigeria can go to the uh, World Cup, that's for football, and win it. It's very possible. I mean, Ghana were so close in 2010. Nigeria, Nigeria were really fancied in 1994 and 98. But in 2002, we were eliminated in the group stage. That's regression. That's not pro progress in any way. So these things have to be put in place. So it starts now. They need to make sure things are put right, have a plan, and we can celebrate in the next few years uh, when it comes to some of these athletes. So once again... Congratulations, Nigeria 61, but we don't have so much to celebrate when it comes to sports.
With Burner Boy and WizKids Grammy Awards and Nollywood becoming more comfortable in the top three movie industries in the world, entertainment, some will think, sustains Nigeria's somewhat volatile nature. Now, let's switch things up a little bit with some music, movies, and entertainment when it comes to Nigeria. Uh, some Nigerians living the diaspora had this to say about Nigeria's entertainment industry. Doing really well in the diaspora. A lot of people enjoy Nigerian music. Like for real, there's no club I go to. I'm, I'm present in Chicago. There's no club I go to that, that they don't play Nigerian music. They play um, whiskey, uh, whiskey and Thames Essence on the radio every day. No jokes. They play it all the time on radio. White and black Americans love our culture and arts. They go as far as getting our foods, our clothes. They like all this um, Ankara, lace, and all. Many of our Nigerian artists are touring the world with their music, like Whiskey, Thames, Adekole Gold, Naramali, Belashun. They are touring the world with their music. Bonaboy, he won the Grammys this year. Tiwa Savage, she had a collaboration with Brandy. They made a song. Our movies too. King of Boys, Kemade Tiba, she's a good director. King of Boys is well recognized by a old Netflix, like King of Boys. Entertainment in Nigeria has really blown up and come a long way in the past 61 years, especially the past two to three years. We've seen new young people like Rema, Thames, Arastar come into the entertainment industry, which is the music industry. With the years I spent in the U.S., I can say that the Nigerian music is well appreciated here. There are multiple places that I've been to, not even expecting to hear Nigerian music being played. But it gets played and everyone dances along, sings along, and it's, there's a whole lot of excitement. Concerning the fashion aspect, Ankara, the popular native Nigerian wear, has been incorporated into modern fashion that is now common among the young people, old people, and just... Native people, Black Americans, Americans. The great movies, King of Boys, Omogeta the Saga, are also, have also been recognized by Netflix. So all this is just to let you know that Nigerian entertainment industry is really growing, it's booming up, and it's well appreciated in the diaspora. Okay, okay, now to some serious stuff. Technology. From fintech to cryptocurrencies, Nigeria is at the tip of the tongue of everyone that thinks about or mentions technology in Africa. But let's not overpraise ourselves from within. Let's check the scale from a diaspora perspective. Well, let Macantony, the CEO of Agile 17, do the talking. My name is Mark Anthony, founder and CEO of Agile 17. How would I rate the tech industry today in Nigeria? On a scale of one to five, I would put us at a three. And here are my reasons why I put us at a three, because we do have, as a tech startup owner myself, I think we do have a lot of opportunities. Though I don't reside in Nigeria, I am Nigerian, I'm proudly Nigerian. And um, we do have a lot of us who are getting into tech and trying to make the difference in the world um, by creating very, very vigorous solutions um, that could really solve the world's problems. Technically speaking, in Nigeria, um, we've seen a lot happen in the fintech. We've not seen a whole lot of movement when it comes to tech as far as things like education, healthcare. I'm not doubting that things are happening, but we've not seen as much change in those industries relative to what we've seen in fintech. 
So on a scale of 1 to 5, I'll put us at a 3. Um, when we do have the potential to do more, if we have the right infrastructure, right policies, and um, right engagement. The second question I was asked is, how would I gauge um, the tech industry today versus what it was 61 years ago? Well, at the time, I don't think tech had evolved as much as it has evolved today. Um, but one thing for sure we've seen happen over the course of time has been that uh, technology has grown, right? We've progressed from where we were. So it's kind of a very difficult balance, if you ask me, or a difficult gauge if we're trying to gauge what happened 61 years ago. But I'm most definite that um, we had better support system and better infrastructure than what we have today. If we could bring back what we had prior to this time to now, I'm sure we'll do excellently well. So that's my position on that. And then thirdly, if we're trying to say what my advice and what my thoughts are, what my wishes are for where we are headed um, as we add an additional year, what my wish would be for Nigeria is just for the country and the leaders to first do one major thing change your mindset. As individuals, we are responsible for the outcome of what happens in our country. Um, uh, we're accountable for it and collectively we're responsible for how we are looked at and what the output becomes of our country. Um, so my first thing will be every Nigerian owes it to that country to change their mindset. Our mindset change would mean a bigger and more robust change for the entire country. And then secondly, I would involve our leaders or encourage our leaders to, to really invest in the young people. Um, we have very, very creative people, especially young people who are willing to really do something and really bring out the best in them. Um, provide the opportunities. The Twitter ban is not helping. It's something that can be leveraged to really put people in perspective. People who are using it to do business, do engagements. I, for one, personally, uh, my organization um, was using it to engage a broader variety of professionals across the world, especially in Nigeria, to get us having good conversations as, as to how we can improve things. Um, so I would encourage that um, our government pays more attention to encouraging people as against discouraging them with some of these actions. And then most importantly, every Nigerian owes it to that country to change their mindset. We just brought to you comments as regards sport, entertainment, and technology, which seems to be the top three things that Nigerians discuss. And if you notice, they are all run and powered by the youths in Nigeria. Surely, the effort put into the youths brought about the many wins being experienced now, or maybe not. Well, let's hear from Timi Tokpe on youth development in Nigeria. I would say, you know, when we talk about being youthful, what this simply means is it signifies strength. It also signifies, you know, like the beginning or, you know, a younger stage of life. You know, being youthful would mean uh, you have so many opportunities around you and you still have so much energy to pull the resources around you and make them make good use of them i would say 
And that, those are my thoughts. Now, in relation to the country, Nigeria, it's a bit difficult to say. I really do not want to be pessimistic, yeah. But, and I also want to be objective at the same time. It's a bit difficult to say that the youth of Nigeria uh, will be the future or is the future of Nigeria. Because, you know, looking at everything that's going, the socioeconomic situation, the political situation in Nigeria, it only foretells or sees the fact that we are giving, we are handing power over from uh, the older generation to the older generation. So from what we can see now, uh, for what we have in perspective now, I would say it may not be really uh, feasible for the youth of Nigeria to take the mantle of leadership or for them to lead the country any moment from now or any time from now or maybe in the nearest future it may happen later in the future it may happen 10 years from now 20 years from now i'm not exactly sure what the time frame is but with what's on ground now with what we can see talking by facts the youth may not be able to take the mantle of leadership for now and this goes on to say because for it, it, it's what we have the youth signifies strength like i said so it's what you have the in the inside of you that you can put out on the physical right we see that the only thing we see now is that youths are involved as bandits they are involved in so many vices Everyone is looking to get rich at by every means at the time. You know, so many vices. That's what we see around now. Uh, in the same vein, we have youthful people, sane-minded individuals who are making names for themselves in their own spaces. So much uh, corruption has eaten deep into the fabrics of the system in Nigeria, but we still have youth who still stand for the truth we stands for what's right we have youth who build structures for them in organizations youth who run youthful people who run you know very critical organization or establishments in nigeria as businesses and they are doing fantastically well globally and it's not just a business being run for nigerians or africans alone globally they are making waves making names for themselves there are so many of them i really do not need to mention names so i would say overall nigerian youth are doing well they are doing really well but in terms of taking the mantle of leadership leading tomorrow just like nelson mandela said that the youth are the leaders of tomorrow i'm not exactly sure if this holds water or if it holds a valid point for nigerians i'm not exactly sure if this guy it's not i really do not want to be pessimistic yeah but it's what it is this is what we see now there's nothing like investing in the life of the youth everyone is just over there just picking up one thing or the other just doing whatever they want we see in advanced countries where uh people where the leadership where the prime ministers presidents of countries invest heavily 
in youth and how do they do this by investing in education they make sure that they have we have the right education they make sure we have the right amenities we do not suffer anything for those of the youth who live um overseas that do not live in nigeria there are so many things that we cannot vouch for in our own country that we enjoy for free here in you know overseas abroad and all that so it's 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 it's, it goes a long way i mean i'm also schooling right if i'm out of school now the knowledge or whatever i have learned in school everything i cannot bring it to another country to trade or i cannot bring it to another country to practice i would practice in the country that has invested that much in me so this is one of the points i'm also going to be talking about investing in the youth most of most most of the leaders in nigeria are not doing uh, enough of this hopefully things will get better i cannot be pessimistic hopefully things will get better and everyone you know would find their place well, lazy youths or not, there is something to learn from Timmy Tokpeng. Leadership is an important part of how any country is perceived. The bulk of the work rests on the leaders and everything falls back on the table of those in charge. Let's hear from Elizabeth Mwanreze. Nigeria is a very blessed country. We have human and natural resources that can actually, you know, befit all of the population of Nigeria and even put us ahead in Africa and in the world. Nigeria is quite a great country, but we have really struggled with leadership over the years. Leadership, you know, leadership problems ranging from poor foresight to embezzlement of funds to lack of care for citizens and then the deficiency in provision of welfare for all citizens. So far, Nigeria has done great because even with you know, the quality, the poor quality of our leadership, you can easily see that Nigerians are quite an accommodating people trying to manage the situation as much as they can. We can do better because as this country improves in age, it's also imperative for us to improve in the quality of our leadership, in our exports, both human and material export. And it's also imperative that we begin to see what the future holds for Nigeria, especially in the Committee of Nations. Thoughts from Elizabeth Wanrezi all the way from Oxford University in London. Now, all of the issues raised, the good moments shared and the concerns rest on how good human relationships are. How do the leaders treat the people? How do the people treat themselves? Rights, duties and responsibilities. Now, Samiata Jumo, a legal counsel at Photo Properties, uh, shares a thoughts as regards this. So my thought on human rights development in Nigeria is quite complicated. Being upheld is, see what happened at Entas. I just even read a post now singing, a forensic in the UK is saying that we um, they, they didn't fire any shots. It was a blank bullet they fired on the 28th of October last year. And it was nothing but somebody, after the military left, somebody must have shot a life ammunition at the place. And that doesn't make any sense. The military are saying they were not even there. They didn't even shoot at all. And now you're telling me there was a shot, but it was blank. Let's even leave that part. 
apart from the government and the Nigeria when it comes to human rights development, we as Nigerian citizens oppress ourselves. We don't even care about our neighbors' basic rights, talk about their human rights. Do you understand? So it's just that complicated when it comes to human rights development in Nigeria. Because when you go to any other country that it's not mostly not African countries, definitely, probably the UK or the America, you would see that as much as they go around minding their business, like we call it in Nigeria, and keep to their own personal self, you wouldn't see something happening in your neighbor's house, even if it's as much as a noise, you would call the police on them. But over here in Nigeria, oh, you are all over your neighbor's business, but when you hear a noise in their house, then at that moment you'd be like, oh, it's none of my business. That is as good as basic human rights. You understand what I'm saying? It's as good as looking out for your neighbor, but we don't we even lack that in Nigeria. So why were we supposed to not care about someone's life and any other thing? When it comes to free speech and association, I would have said we have the right to free speech and association in Nigeria, but turn God to social media, right? Because we as Nigerians, we are more comedians and most times you don't even know if the person is trying to exercise their rights of free speech and association or their general i'm coming what i'm saying like let's forget the twitter ban journalists that we can't say because they ban twitter or and according to them they put it back but nigeria will never follow through with anything we actually do have free speech and association in nigeria more than any other african country that would say i would say nigerians are the one person that can sit anywhere and actually blast their government we just lack the courage. Let me say, it's not as if we don't have the free speech. We just, we are more societal based. We, in Nigeria, we have crowd mentality. Let me put it like that. We have crowd mentality. Do you understand? You know what is what is being done is wrong. And I know I can say something, but I don't want to be the bad person. I don't want to be the one that the fault is coming from. You can all see that this person is wrong. And if that person is, if somebody is not talking, it's not my mouth that you come and hear you do. That's our problem in Nigeria. Do you understand? So that is not because we expect that we think that society want this and society want that from us and blah, blah, blah. But one thing I know that we do have in Nigeria is we are the one person that will tell you, oh, we will say straight to your face, I ain't doing that, I ain't for that shit. For the government, against the government, nobody cares. I know in the north, they actually arrest them and prosecute them for those things. But then I would just go and say it's the present government we have. And I will tell you there are some things, some politically incorrect things to they say other parts of the country that people have been arrested for. So you wouldn't say them doing that in Nigeria too is wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we, I will tell you in Nigeria, we have the same freedom of speech as we, as an American has, to be sincere. But our voice, we might feel like our voice has, have not been heard. But that is because most of the time we are not even saying it, we are not even stating facts, we're just spitting rhymes. Do you know what I'm saying? We're just saying shit. We're just creating jokes and banter. We are not actually having conversations. Generally, you know most times we start with a conversation and end with a banter. Most times in Nigeria, you think because somebody is disagreeing with you, they don't like you. You forget the fact that because I'm disagreeing with you means you have something to learn from me or I have something to learn from you and we reach a compromise and we learn from each other and from there the conversation grows and we end up talking about something more, something more intelligible and end up finding a solution. But most times it's either we start the conversation and end with a battle or we start the conversation and end with a fight, you understand? So that is where the freedom of speech and association 
get so tricky in Nigeria, but we do have that definitely. Um, the development in politics in Nigeria for the past six decades, to me, I would just say clean and short. I really don't like talking about Nigerian politics because to me, 99.9% of our politicians are recycled politicians. That's what I call them. They are recycled. But then I also understand if you look at the people of our generation, most of them, I would say 60% of us are not even ready to be in that post. Me as one of them, I am not because there's no way. If I become, yes, if I become a president or hold any post in Nigeria today, I'm going to be very strict. But at the same time, one thing I've got to realize is government workers even make it hard for these politicians adding their ministry or a commission and they make it hard for them. I know people that work in the secretariat and I know some of them that don't go to their work, they rather go to their shop. Their excuse is we don't get well paid, we don't get paid for it, so why should we kill our slave ourselves over something that we haven't getting paid for? But you and I working in a private institution also know we are not getting paid for what we do in this institution, but we go to work every day. But now you are telling me PS is not working. But if the secretary did not come to work, how are you supposed to get the fire that is supposed to treat? Is you supposed to be the one that will go from each department to each department to be getting the file? So if someone that is supposed to be responsible for a particular file is not even on their seats to do their job, how do you expect the boss to do his job? He can't do everything. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So that's why I said, let me just go back to recycled politicians. That is what we have in Nigeria. But then our, our generation is not ready either. We want to, we are just like our four forefathers. We just want to make quick money. We are not ready to strive to things. Like I used to ask people when it comes to the development and Nigerian development and how bad Nigeria has gotten and why maybe they think Brari is not doing something or they think he's not doing enough. Or I always ask this question, which I still asked yesterday night. You are about to buy a house, a building, and you find out that the building of the house, do you understand? The found, sorry, the foundation of the house is bad. It's really, really bad. The foundation is bad. But you want to buy that house. You have two options. Is it that you collapse the house here and you start all over again and do a new foundation? Or you do a patchwork and you manage the house, which you and I know it will eventually crumble since the foundation is bad. And that is Nigerian's problem. Do you understand? We keep doing all this patch patchwork which you end up crumbling. And at the same time, if you say you want to crumble everything and start from the foundations, you know you and I as Nigerians, we're going to like, oh my goodness, this government has started again. Oh, they've made everything worse. And we also have a problem we continue to in Nigeria. We don't continue anything. Once this governor leaves or this president leaves, then the new one comes and wants to start his own new project, doesn't want to complete the other project because I understand. I want to take the glory for what I did, but at the end of the day, we forget that you, me, him, them, her, make Nigeria. Do you understand what I'm saying? If every single soul leave this country is just pure land and there's no Nigeria anymore, so the competition between our political leaders are it's insane. Sorry, so doesn't make any sense. So I will tell you in the UK, and that is why I still said from the beginning from the human rights and the freedom of association thing, like we as Nigerians don't care for our neighbors. I will tell you most of the policies that start in the UK and the US, most of them were not started by the government. 
not a government individual starts no it was me as a citizen that think my community need this particular thing and i rally around two or three people got signature for few people and i got them to do you understand sign a petition or something and move it to the senate and we keep pushing it then the government approve it you understand then the you understand or is as good as me and someone saying oh we don't want any plastic waste in this environment we start picking waste we made it mandatory everyone see that oh this set of group are always picking the plastic waste in this environment we tell you are human beings even you next time you want to drop a plastic you remember ah i saw some five people to 10 people really stressing themselves under this or some place picking plastic don't let me be a bad person just that and before you know it you start incorporating that in yourself and before you know it the council or the chairman in your area the governor we start saying oh my god i like this thing clean i like this thing like this and they start doing it and before you know it it becomes the law that is how they do it in other countries but here in nigeria we sit down and we blame the government and we say the government is not doing this the government is not doing that but like i said earlier if the secretary did not come to work how is the boss supposed to treat the file because how am i supposed to know how many files are the deputies the secretary's decks what i'm supposed to go to just what i'm saying everybody have their job roles everybody have a part to play in this nigerian until we realize that and that is my wish for nigeria i should celebrate another year for independence each one of us is what makes nigeria and until we realize our role in nigeria and in making nigeria before nigeria can move forward before nigeria can be better if we keep saying we are running away we are going to other countries we are doing this and we are doing that we are going to leave this decade land decade genesis i'm saying is like you traveling knowing you are traveling and your ac is bad and you came back from the uk or whatever and you turn it on and like oh my god the ac is bad of course the ac is bad did you repair it before you traveled no did you call somebody back in nigeria to repair it or help them in repairing it when you traveled no so how do you think you're going to come back and you think the ac will be working it's not going to work so that is do you understand or as far as you leave the ac on every single time they bring the light they don't bring the light it trips up by itself it comes up by itself it's on and you think the ac is not going to spoil that is the problem with we have in nigeria we we are innovative but we lack management but our priorities are set on the wrong things we don't even know how to set priorities talkers of even setting this right so i would just say my wish for nigeria is my wish for me and which is a wish to grow which is what i want nigeria to be and each and every one of us needs to accept our responsibility as a citizen of this country because we make nigeria without us there's no nigeria well as nigeria begins another decade of independence the voices of nigerians in the diaspora which echo across the world today all have one thing in common a better nigeria happy independence day nigeria happy independence day nigeria Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.